Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazar! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeJet1. And it is time to recap day number five of New York Jets training camp at Florham Park with our friend who covers the Jets for the New York Daily News, Antoine Staley. Antoine, what's going on, man? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing well, but I don't know if I'm doing quite as well as Israel Labanikanda, who seemed to be the star of training camp today. We'll talk about everything else that went on, but there's a clip circulating on social media. Izzy didn't even hit top speed, and yet he broke free for a 50-yard touchdown. I know he had a rough practice the other day, and so I'm sure that didn't help his spot in the pecking order but I would bet that the opposite is true today. What he did on the field, especially that 50-yard run, must have elevated his stock. I mean, I think they already know what they have in him. I mean, he's a young guy that has a ton of speed and potential there. I mean, he's going to have some bad days. I think um, catching him ball at the backfield uh, was a problem, especially the other day, and that's probably something he needs to work on. Uh, Obviously, when young guys come into the league pass blocking, it's always a thing that, you know – they don't do a whole lot of that in college. But, you know, I think what helps him and what I do like about him, he ran a pro-style offense at Pitt. So he definitely understands it is some terminology that's going to carry over to the NFL. It's not necessarily the flat-out spread offense that you typically see with a lot of co- colleges there when you watch college football. But, yeah, I definitely think that's going to help him a lot. So we'll see how things uh, pan out, what's, you know, continue to pass being on in the preseason game. Uh, the Hall of Fame game against Cleveland next week. I think that'll be an opportunity for him to up his stock. Another thing that should help Israel Banacanda is being from the local area. When you're a New Yorker, you know what you're dealing with. And so it's a little bit different than coming here, like, say, Joe Tipman, who's from the Midwest. Not saying that Joe Tipman won't do well, but Izzy already sort of has an idea of what to expect. Yeah, I mean, anytime, I mean, you're from Brooklyn or Jersey, like, you just, you're in that market. So, and you just, 
you, you know what to expect, especially uh, in a season like this uh, where you've got so many things thrown at you, uh, media attention-wise. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that played a role, too, and that, that's played a role in just, you know, his demeanor and the type of person that he is, too. But, yeah, growing up in the Northeast, especially in this area, you're definitely uh, built a little bit different there. You kind of have to have a little bit more tougher skin, especially him growing up in Brooklyn. Israel Banakanda made a big impact today, the rookie out of Pittsburgh, New Yorker, as we said. As I just alluded to, somebody like Joe Tipman from the Midwest, a little bit different for him. Another rookie from the Midwest, from Wisconsin specifically, and then went and played his college ball at Iowa State, Will McDonald, he had been on the sidelines with a bit of an injury. He was back today and made his presence felt very quickly. This kid has the opportunity to be a very impactful player. We'll see what happens, Antoine, with the pass rush rotation because you know how Robert Sal likes to mix it up and keep these guys fresh. But you already saw it during his first practice and a padded practice, no less. Today, of course, the first padded practice of 2023 training camp for the Jets. Will McDonald immediately showing you what he could do, getting what would have been a sack if, of course, he'd been allowed to sack somebody. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely saw the potential that you uh, you see why the Jets took him. Yeah, just his bend and, you know, release off the ball. And, you know, he got past Bacot Beckton pretty easily. And, he, like you said, it would have made us that there. He, he was impactful on some other plays, too. So I definitely think he'll be... Somebody I keep an eye on during the preseason there because I definitely think you want to, you know, see that potential there. Uh, they have a deep rotation as far as defensive ends. Uh, uh, JFM, Carl Olson, obviously Jermaine Johnson, who uh, I know we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, but, yeah, I think he'll fit in there too as well and get his time. Michael Clemens also a guy uh, we, a lot of people hadn't talked about too. So, yeah, they have a really – it's a really good problem to have to have that many – defensive ends that can get pressure there and then I didn't talk about Bryce Huff either. Antoine, we talk about the pass rushers and that of course includes one of the interior guys, Quentin Williams, who just had the big payday close to $100 million. He had a great practice the other day. Seemed like it was more of the same today. Yeah, I mean he blew up a play um, in the backfield too. Got some pressure um, on Rodgers a little bit there too as well. So somebody that's you know, he's looking, you know, to continue his dominance. He had a tremendous, had his best season of his career last year with 12 sets. And uh, I think uh, some of his teammates have, you know, said that he they feel like he can be the best defensive tackle in football. Uh, so eventually, the play in Aaron Donald. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely think so far, so good. Like, he's off to a good start, just kind of like how he was last year in trying to go. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Antoine, I want to go back to something you talked about before with Makai Becton. We've seen quite a bit of him, and so far there have been mixed reviews. Now, to be fair, he hasn't really played much football in the last two years, and this is his first time really getting involved in contact in about a year. So he's going to be rusty, and he is on a limited pitch count, but you talked about Will McDonald getting by him. We heard about Bryce Huff getting by him the other day. So it's a bit of a rough start for Mekhi Becton. What have you been seeing from him, and what did you see today? Because from what I understand, at one point he was pulled in favor of the rookie Carter Warren. We talk about local guys like Israel Banacanda. Carter Warren, of course, from Passaic, so he's a local guy as well. What's going on with Becton? What did you see today? Uh, he got beat a couple of times, uh, one by Carl Lawson, another one by Will McDonald. And, you know, he's just, you know, struggling to come back there. I know he's lost a lot of weight. He does look good, too. He is in the best shape, you know, he has been since entering the NFL. But as we talked about, like, he hasn't 
he hasn't played football basically in two years. So when you take that much time off, it's hard to, you know, simulate all of that, especially when you're working from a back-to-back knee injuries there. So, yeah, he's definitely looking a little slow there. And uh, like you said, Carter Ward came in for him too. Uh, right now, Billy Turner and Max Mitchell have been the one – the, the two tackles and uh, on the first team, Makai has been the second team tackles, even with Dwayne Brown out. So yeah, it's definitely going to, we're, we're going to see what he looks like during the preseason. But uh, right now it just hasn't been, you know, a whole lot of good tape out there on him, but you know, there's still some time left in the preseason for him possibly to turn it around. Antoine, you brought up Dwayne Brown, who is the presumed starter at left tackle once the season gets going. He wasn't at any of the practices up until today. He was there today, didn't participate in the team drills or anything like that, but it's nice to see that he was back out there. Yeah, I think it's good to, you know, have him out there, even doing individual work. They want to work him along slowly, uh, but surely, and, you know, somebody that the Jets were high on last year, just the way, you know, basically playing on one shoulder. Uh, 12 games there uh, all year long. We could have easily just shut it down and, you know, got his paycheck and, you know, moved on. But yeah, they, they, they didn't, that was not lost on Robert Sala and the rest of the team there. And I think that's why you, partly why you're going to see him be the starter at left tackle this upcoming year. But it's good to have, I think, especially when you had 11 different offensive linemen start games for them last year, which was the most in the league. It's good to have the depth there, having the Billy Turner and also having Max Mitchell back too as well. Antoine, I can't remember the last time there was this level of excitement in terms of a connection between a wide receiver and a quarterback for the Jets, because even when Brett Favre was here, they had Lavernius Coles and Jericho Cotri, two very solid receivers, but nobody was ever going to tell you that they had potential to be elite, especially at that point in Lavernius Coles' career where he was eight seasons in. Now with Garrett Wilson here to go with Aaron Rodgers to give the Hall of Fame quarterback that Hall of Fame talent. Now, I'm not saying that Garrett Wilson is necessarily going to be a Hall of Famer. But what I'm saying is he has that elite talent to put those two together and now see how each practice they seem to be taking one step closer to getting perfectly in sync. This could be one of the most fun combinations that Jets fans have ever witnessed. Maybe if we look all the way back at Ken O'Brien with Al Toon, Ken O'Brien with Wesley Walker, but really you had the two Hall of Famers in Don Maynard and Joe Namath. When it's all said and done, if Aaron Rodgers continues to be Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson continues to progress into the player that we think he can become, this may be the most dynamic combination of quarterback and receiver since Maidern and Namath, and that was a really long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about it is I think how fast they're just gaining the chemistry, too. I think, you know, training camp just started last week, and they're already just, you know, finding the rhythm with one another. And I think that goes back to just them, you know, doing reps there, whether it be, you know, after practice or also just the meeting rooms and, you know, getting to know each other. Uh, from day to day there. But, yeah, they think, you know, Aaron Rodgers um, and also I know Lallon Lazard, too, also uh, compared, you know, Garrett to Devontae Adams for the Raiders now. Uh, I think that's that's hot. That's high praise there. We'll see if mm-hmm. he can, you know, reach that level, too. Uh, but, yeah, they can, if he can get anything close to Devontae Adams, who I think, I think that's the best receiver in football to me uh, by far, to be honest. With you. No disrespect, no disrespect to anybody else. Uh, I love Justin Jefferson, had a great year last year, probably be 1B for me. 
Tyreek Hill is super fast and explosive, but I think Devontae Adams is just has everything you you need in the receiver. And, you know, I think Gary Wilson has similar qualities. We'll see if he can reach, eventually reach those levels. The coach of both Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson, who's probably licking his chops at the damage that those two can do together this season, is Robert Sala. He spoke today after practice. What did he have to say? Uh, I mean, he had. A, he, I mean, he talked about a variety of different things there. Uh, he was smiling, talking about the connection there, and just them gaining chemistry to one another. Also talked about uh, Aaron Rodgers threw an interception to Sauce Gardner. Uh, he talked about there was some kind of miscommunication there. He didn't necessarily get in the technical terms of what happened, but you could clearly see it was some kind of miscommunication because it was not a receiver in the area. Some kind of failed assignment uh, by somebody uh, there on that play there. So, yeah, I mean, I think the offense in general uh, is still getting better and better throughout training camp, too. I think that's kind of what he alluded to there. And it's been fun to see, definitely, the throws that Aaron Rodgers has been making to Garrett Wilson early on. Connor McGovern was re-signed late in the offseason. He's back here, and as of right now, he's the presumed starter at center, although obviously it's possible that the rookie Joe Tipman could overcome him at some point. Connor McGovern spoke today after practice. What did he have to say? Uh, he just talked about you know him returning to the Jets, and he didn't necessarily know if it was going to happen. Uh, he, he, you know, could have took so long for it to happen there, and eventually, uh, it did happen. Not crazy enough, on the same day that the trade was announced for Aaron Rodgers, uh, they ended up signing Conor McGovern to a one-year deal there. But yeah, he's happy to be back there. He's definitely, he believes the starting job is his to lose. He, I mean, he vocally kind of said that, and uh, I, I actually think right now it is his job to lose there, but. You know, as we saw, like as last year showed that injuries can happen at any time, and that's why I think it was good for them to have some depth there with Joe Tippin too, as well, who's going to be the future starter there eventually. It's just a matter of when, not if. We heard from Michael Carter, the running back, not the defensive back. He's always a character, always has some fun stuff on the tip of his tongue. What we hear from him? Uh, I actually asked him about his year last year, and then he pretty much said, he, you know, it was tough for him, and tough for a lot of different reasons. I wrote about it today, uh, him just, you know, being the starter at the beginning of last year, then having his job taken away essentially by Brees. Brees gets hurt. Uh, he's thinking he's going to be the starter again, and then they bring in James Robinson. You know, James Robinson had a big game against the Bills, and, you know, he eventually he gets deactivated or whatever. And, you know, Michael Carter trying to get more and more playing time. And I think, you know, he just didn't – Live up the expectation late on in the season. And I think, you know, the fumble against Buffalo really hurt him too and hurt his confidence. And, you know, the rest of the way, they kind of relied on, you know, Bam Knight and also Ty Johnson too. And they just couldn't get the ground game going. But he feels like, you know, it's a different place, different year for him. And uh, we'll have to see what transpires there. But he'll have an opportunity to, you know, get some more carries and, you know, be a factor in the running game while Brees is still trying to work his way back from the ACL injury. Final person who spoke after practice was Jermaine Johnson. Now, Antoine, you had an interview with Jermaine Johnson in the Daily News, which I encourage everybody to read. If you haven't read it already, go and check it out. Really good interview that you did, Antoine. And Jermaine Johnson is a guy who's a prime candidate for a breakout this season. We've been hearing a lot of positives about him at camp. He bulked up. He got stronger. He's got a new number. You spoke to him at length. Talk a little bit about what he said to you in your interview and then what he said today after practice. 
Well, he really didn't say a whole lot today. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I guess it kind of actually helps my article a little bit because, you know, he didn't really say a whole lot. But, you know, basically, you know, he did He did say one thing that I, I took away from the interview today as opposed to when I spoke to him one-on-one that he saw on tape that he just wasn't himself. Like, he just didn't feel like he was the same Jermaine Johnson that, you know, he's accustomed to seeing whether he saw, you know, he, going back to his days at Florida State or Georgia or junior college or whatever. And he feels like now he's back to being an explosive type guy. I actually saw him when it was at Florida State. I was covering FSU when he came in. Uh, he was literally dominating the practices. Now, he's definitely looks, looks very similar. He's not... He's not throwing people, you know, left and right like how he went at FSU when he first came in. But he's definitely making a huge impact there. You can kind of see it from day to day. He's always uh, highlighted somewhere. He's always he's rushing the passer. They're getting pressure on whether it be Zach Wilson or also Aaron Rodgers, too. And I think he's going to be – I would not be surprised if he had a, a monster year. Well, I, I don't know if you want to call it monster, but close to about eight or nine sacks. Uh, and that makes it a big of an impact there for the Jets too this upcoming year, which, you know, I, I actually asked him also about, you know, some people are saying it's a make or break year for him, which I think is crazy because, you know, the Jets uh, used him sparingly. They only played 22% of the snaps last year. So to say somebody is in a make or break year where they barely played the field, which he was impactful when he was, I think that's crazy. But yeah, I definitely could see him having a much better year uh, this upcoming year. Antoine, seeing him up close, do you notice the difference in size and the difference in physique? Just seeing him face-to-face, it would obviously be a different perspective than somebody who's watching from the stands or seeing pictures online. Yeah, yeah, you definitely see uh, He's definitely bulked up. I asked him how much. He didn't tell me how much he weighed. Uh, how much more he weighed uh, compared to last year, but which is fine. But you can definitely tell he's definitely bulked up, and he's faster. I think he's just... He's a fast. He's much faster, and uh, it seems like he's more confident than what he was uh, a year ago. Where I think I actually asked him would the injury kind of factor in his conference. He kind of said no, but you know it's kind of hard not to, especially when you know you're a rookie, you were taken in the first round, you have all these high expectations, and you're not getting a lot of playing time, and then you get hurt, and it's a bit of setback for him, but. Yeah, I think this year he's in. Seems like he's in a much better place uh, than what he was a year ago coming in. Antoine, a couple of other notes from around the league. Denzel Mims, who was traded from the Jets to the Detroit Lions, spoke for the first time since the trade. Said he did quote everything he could with the Jets. Looking forward to getting to work with the Lions because quote everybody here believes in me. I think it was pretty obvious that this coaching staff and Denzel Mims never really got on the same page. They clearly weren't enamored with him. And then whenever he got his opportunities, he just didn't make the most of them. He would draw a lot of penalties. He would drop passes. It just wasn't going to work here. So I think both sides realized they needed to move on. Last year, he made the trade request. The Jets decided to hang on to him and see if they could squeeze a little something out of him and make it work. They couldn't. And so now he moves on to the Lions. But it was interesting to hear him talk about this today. Wasn't shoveling dirt on the Jets, but definitely seemed to be saying that he felt like he never really had the chance to get going here and he thinks he might have that opportunity in Detroit. I mean, I'm not surprised. I, honestly, I, I'm, I'm really surprised that they took him this, they took this loan to actually get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it would have happened, you know, after they acquired Lazar or Randall Cobb or 
McCole Hartman because clearly he was going to be the odd man out. And I just didn't understand why they held on to him as long as what they did. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was just time for sometimes this time change is good. Uh, I think for both sides there and, you know, for him to move on to Detroit, potent offense there, we'll see what he can do there. Uh, but yeah, clearly it just wasn't going to work there. It really didn't work last year. He had opportunities. He actually started some games for the Jets last year. Uh, really got his opportunity once Elijah Moore, you know, had his incident and everything like that, but just wasn't productive, you know, in the snaps that he had last year. So, you know, we'll see what happens in Detroit there, but yeah, change is good. I think it was good for both sides. Antoine, two agents made out like bandits today. The agent for Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics, who just signed a $300 million Supermax, and the agent for Justin Herbert, the star quarterback from the L.A. Chargers. He signed a five-year, $262.5 million extension that will keep him in L.A. through 2029. This is just how the market goes, Antoine. Like many have talked about with basketball, whoever the next guy is to get that supermax is going to get the most money. Same thing with quarterbacks. If you're a really good quarterback and you're next in line, you are going to be the highest paid player. I expect Joe Burrow to be next after this. $262.5 million over five years. That's a lot of money. That's going to be a tough cap situation for LA to navigate, but that's a good problem to have in the sense that it means that you've got your quarterback locked in for years. You don't have to worry about it. And as much as it could be a nuisance on the cap, that's a problem that the Jets have been trying to have for many years by drafting guys like Darnold, Sanchez, and Zach Wilson. It just hasn't worked out for them. Well, I think the cap is only going to go up. So as time goes on, that's going to look like a better, better deal mm-hmm. uh, there. I'm curious to see what Joe Burrow does to design more of a deal that looks like Patrick Mahomes that gives the Bengals more cap flexibility or don't just go for whatever the most money is. Either way, I mean, yeah, he's definitely going to get paid and deservingly. So, I mean, he's the second best quarterback in football to me right now, uh, Nesta Mahomes. So, yeah, I definitely think he's definitely worthy of that. I'm a little surprised by Jalen Brown and the Celtics getting him that deal because he essentially disappeared in the playoffs, especially against the Heat. Uh, on a variety of different games. But, you know, I guess when you have somebody that good, along with, uh, you know, Jason Tatum, they felt like they needed to keep him there. But I, I don't know. Like, we'll see how they, things transpire, especially when they got in acquiring Christopher Porzingis there. And they hope they hope that those three, they can have their big three, and that might be enough to get them over the top and to the NBA Finals there. But, you know, it's going to be some interesting battles, especially uh, if the Heat end up getting Damian Lillard. And then they form a kind of a bit three two as well. So yeah, it's gonna Celtics Heat robberies are gonna you know have a new meaning there. But yeah, him signing that supermass was a little bit. So them giving him a supermass was a little bit surprising to me. Cowboys making some news today. Trevon Diggs signs a massive extension. So his agent is another one that I have to envy today. Max value of a hundred and four million dollars. Diggs obviously an all pro, but I'll be honest, he's the kind of corner I can't stand. I wouldn't really want him. He's very much a feast or famine type. He'll get you a lot of turnovers, but he gets burned a lot, and that drives me nuts. I'd much rather have somebody like Sauce who will lock down the opposing corner, maybe doesn't force as many turnovers because the quarterbacks don't go his way as much, but he's also not going to get cooked like that. Zach Martin, they're all pro offensive linemen, unhappy with his contract, so he didn't show up today. And then one last note, and this is also from the NFC East, but it's from the team that shares the stadium with the New York Jets. Saquon Barkley 
signs a reworked deal. Very strange deal. I'm still trying to wrap my head around exactly how this is going to work, but here are the details from Ian Rappaport. It's a one-year deal worth up to $11 million. Barkley gives himself a chance to beat the franchise tag if the Giants make the playoffs. That's the only way, though, that he's going to beat the franchise tag. He gets $2 million up front, and he can be franchise tagged again next year. So I'm very surprised that he was willing to agree to this deal. Would have made more sense to me if I were him to agree to play on the franchise tag because then you would have gotten all of that money up front as opposed to what he's doing here. If the Giants don't make the playoffs, he probably ends up losing out on the deal. So your thoughts here, Saquon Barkley, and what's going on with the Cowboys here, the big extension for Diggs, and Zach Martin missing training camp today because he's unhappy with his contract. Well, yeah, I'll be quick with all of this. Well, you know, Martin definitely deserves to get paid, one of the best offensive linemen in football. So, yeah, they definitely have to figure that out. There, as far as Diggs, yeah, he's he's a boom, he's a boomer, but uh, he's a gambler. Uh, really, really good player, still one of the best corners in football. But yeah, he definitely takes a lot. Of, kind of reminds me of D'Angelo Hall back in the mm-hmm. day. Uh, really takes a lot of good chances, a lot of chances. Yeah, does get a lot of pitch there, but you know, you definitely keep one of the best corners in the game. Saquon, he had like three opportunities to sign a better deal as far as contracts, and he kind of rejected one. And the he took the worst of the deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, like he had an opportunity during the season, the Giants offered him a, you know, extension, but he turned that down, thinking the market would be better. It was not, and you know, now it's kind of in a bad situation there. I think he just needs to find new representation, to be quite honest with you, because uh, he deserves to get paid. He's the best off. He's the best weapon on the Giants' offense. So, and without him, even with him, I don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs, but. You know, he he's definitely more valuable to them than I think Daniel, even Daniel Jones is. Antoine Staley covering the Jets for the New York Daily News. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about everything that went down at New York Jets training camp today. Day number five at Florham Park. Really appreciate it. And of course, talking about all the news and notes that went on around the league. For those that want to check out your work, including that interview with Jermaine Johnson, which again, I have to encourage everybody to read. How can they check out your work and how can they follow you on social media? Just my name, Antoine Staley, across the board, all all platforms. And, you know, you check my work out at NewYorkDailyNews.com. Make sure you check out everything Antoine's doing over at the Daily News and follow him on social media. Check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeJet.com and the PlayLikeJet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel right now, so watch those videos and subscribe. If you haven't already, YouTube.com slash PlayLikeJet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital. PlayLikeJet.com. <laughs>